1: Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm Marcus Farrow. And I'm Chris McCarthy. This is South Coast Tonight. So that was Rep. Bill Strauss. I thought that was a really interesting conversation that we had with him about the redevelopment of the State Pier. And guys, so you know, just to again clarify where State Pier is, the very bottom of Union Street, right across the street, right across Route 18, that's the State Pier. Um, It's one of, you know, it'll be a major front-facing part of the city. Um, uh, it is a major front front facing part of the city's downtown, and so there's been some pretty intense disagreements on it. Um, you know, Strauss talked about some of the commercial developments that, or some of the commercial, um, you know, the how necessary it is to keep the you know commercial aspect of that, the fishing aspect of that going, and and Mitchell said, you know, I you know he basically said it's actually going to. I've already said, said this to me. It's going to make it more front-facing, um, actually, by putting the base seafood auction out there and stuff. So
2: so one of the, one of my conversations with someone today is um, about, about, about this. They said to me, who's in the fishing industry? They said, you know, this is just what happened in Newport. They said, first it happened, you know, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, and next thing you know, there's no boats, and there's no fishing industry. Um, and, of course, Newport had a lot of other things going for it. Um, I was wondering what was motivating Representative Strauss. Um, from our conversation with him tonight, it seems to me that that's his concern. Okay. That And that the other reps, that's their concern, that there may be a loss of the fishing industry here. Um, I will await to see what the state does with this. But, Mm -hmm. Marcus, as we talked off the air, things always change from administration to administration. Yeah. But this was signed into law back in 2008. Um, Senator Montigny put it forward. Two governors signed it. Um, It's a matter of law. There have been, obviously, amendments and changes uh, uh, to it. Um, But this has been around for a long time. Um, the 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 in fact, some retail, some fish auction. That's actually in Senator Montigny's original law. Yeah, one and we and a lot of this can a lot of the of this this discussion can be found <laughs> in the New Bedford Light. Uh, Anastasia yeah, you know, Lennon.
1: We, we, we didn't. I'd be remiss to mention that. Uh, uh, yeah, Anastasia Lennon had a nice piece on the New Bedford Light that actually inspired that interview with with Bill Strauss. Right. And on top of that, the. Um, uh, Will Senott covered it uh, back in December, and uh, Ben Burke from Public Radio, the Public's Radio, actually uh, had actually written like written like the first um, sort of breaking story on that, even a, a couple months earlier. So this has been a, this has been ongoing for a while. And, and Rep. Strauss, um, you know, said and he's correct that the it's, he's not the only one in the delegation that's been opposed to it. It's the whole delegation, but, yeah. But he's been the most vocal. He has been sure.
2: the most. He absolutely has been the most vocal about it. Yeah. Because he's, uh, he's
1: the only one quoted in every single one of those pieces,
2: and he has been the driving. And force. And will be quoted in mine. <laughs> yes, yes, he's the driving force. Mm-hmm. Um, now, oh, actually, I shouldn't say that
1: Montigny was quoted in the in Ben Burke's piece. I remember, and we'll, he he wrote his own letter. We're going to get I'm going to get all that you know put together for you guys. But it's it, it is really interesting to see sort of the, di- di- the the dichotomy here between the mayor and the state delegation you know what he said earlier today mayor mitchell has said i try to get along with everybody right. something like that right i'm gonna we're gonna get some of those comments we're gonna play them for you in a little uh, in a little bit actually
2: one one of the things that, that that the mayor has pointed out is that because of the turnover in the media um there's a lack of institutional knowledge a loss of it right mm-hmm. now i've been around for a while and but there, I didn't, I, I have had, took some, I wouldn't say years off, but I wasn't in talk radio for a number of years. When the mayor first got elected, um, I was, I did some, I was in Boston. I totally was out of the talk radio business. Then, then I was in Boston, but, um, so I wasn't paying as close attention. So I made it a point, because he's right. I mean, institutional knowledge is important. So I was talking, to, trying to find out, we, but of course I thought, I'll just call my friend Mark Montigny. He's the guy from the very beginning where this whole thing got started. So, um, the senator has a long knowledge of what's been going on down there, yeah. right? Um, there are other players in the city um, who, who the mayor suggested I speak to. Um, you know, I don't know if Jack Spillane. Who's been following City Pop He's been writing about the when he was at the Standard Times I guess right. they
1: sent me some stuff. So yeah. I think but here's the thing. The conversations have been had publicly. The the issue the they're they're taking umbrage with the bidding, right? Yeah. The conversations about the about the state beer have been documented in terms of the broad strokes what to do with it have been had publicly. But I think where Strauss and um, the state delegation, Montigny et cetera, are having the issues, is they're saying this deal in particular was done in a clandestine way, and we're going to pull up Mayor Mitchell's comments too um, after uh, in a bit, so we can get the you know the full picture of this of this argument. But it's a serious rift between the mayor and, and the state
2: reps. It, it is a very serious situation because, quite frankly, folks, you need everybody rowing in the same direction, mm-hmm. right? And, um, however, what Representative Strauss is saying is that this is all being done in secret. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: it said in smoke-filled rooms. No, he said he, he couldn't no, there was no smoke. Well, he couldn't speak to, to the amount of smoke. He wasn't sure.
2: No one smokes anymore. I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, you can't. Smoke you can't inside. smoke
2: indoors. Depends on where. And they can't. <laughs> no, there's no rooms. Hmm? Those are government rooms. We're assuming. Oh, okay. No smoking in a government building, Marcus. Maybe you don't remember the good old days. I wasn't around. I remember I'd go to, if you went to your principal's office. There it was a cigarette going in the ashtray. <laughs> I know because it was my father. Yeah. So so the um, that was the last government building you could smoke in. Anyway, we buried him a long time ago. But um, the the fact of the matter is is that. These are not mere allegations. No. They have filed um, Freedom of Information Acts. They've got emails. Yeah. Bill Strauss just said there were emails between mass development and the city and the development people saying, how do we keep this confidential? Yeah. How do we extend the rules?
1: Right. How do we get around the state law? Right.
2: Yeah. Right. Now, he is citing emails. He's not speculating. Yeah. He's a lawyer. He's an experienced lawyer. In fact, speaking of my late father, he used to be my father's lawyer. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the, their bargaining group on the on, on a labor issue. But, oh, cool. Um, I don't think there's a conflict there. But anyway. The, uh, <laughs> I doubt it. Right. My father's long since gone. Yeah. But remember. But my point being is that Bill Strauss measures his words twice before he cuts. Yeah. But he certainly cut.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think he was, you know, very clear. It was very clear and unambiguous how he felt about that
2: stuff. And the accu- he was fully aware of the accusations he was making. This was not, and I love my callers, but sometimes our callers, and I love them when they do it, can be a little reckless. Bill Strauss is not a reckless man. <laughs>
1: 508-996-0500. Good evening.
3: Hello. Hello. So- Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? All right, enough, Um quickly to get out of local politics. Um,
1: well, we don't necessarily want to, but uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, what are you going to ask us? Okay, um, Republican side of the clown show for president. Yeah, you I, listen, to- I'm going to hold you there. I don't really want to. I don't really want to really discuss this now. Maybe later in the show, we'll we'll, we'll talk to you about that.
2: Um, so yeah. so Bill Strauss, as I said, folks, in what he said. Is either not true or it is absolutely true. Because he didn't he yeah, and I'm again I believe him because he cited the emails. Yeah. He's got the emails. They foyered them. Right. These are emails where they're asking to get around of the state law. Where they're asking to keep it confidential. Where they're saying their proposal isn't going to go forward without funding. If they don't get around the state law. Yeah. Why did they think that was possible? Yeah. Um, Bill Strauss would not come on the radio where we record it. It's a podcast. It lives forever. Yeah. And make wild accusations. Yeah. He wouldn't. I mean, you he, he, oh. know. So what I'm saying is this is a big problem.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're asking the secretary. Uh, they're asking. They're they're asking this the the secretary to kill the deal, right? They're asking. They're asking uh, Secretary Joe to kill the deal. Right. They're, they're asking More Healy and Kim Driscoll to to kill the deal, right? They're saying you guys got to kill this deal. So here we
2: are. It now has moved into the realm of Mayor Mitchell versus the delegation. Because yeah. he doesn't want to see the deal killed, and I and I understand why he doesn't want to. They put a lot of effort into this thing. They those are some quality people involved. The Canastras, Silverstein. It means all quality people. They're people from the waterfront. Um, Where is the government going to come down? Where is the administration? the, the governor, the yeah. lieutenant governor. I mean, where cl- are they going to come down?
1: I mean, here's the thing. If they come down to a position where they're going to they're spike this deal, I think that if they come to a position, I think, where they're going to spike this deal, um, you know, they'd, ha- they'd have to be pretty clear and unambiguous that they thought that something was a foul, right? We well, got a call on the line. Let's take it.
3: Good evening. Gentlemen, interesting show. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's very interesting for both of you. You love these, you love these spats. <laughs> well, let me be clear. I'm not involved in any spat, but let me say a couple of things. And I, I think to do this justice, I'd rather come back. And what I'm going to do is I'm going we're, to have some. So
1: just so everybody's clear, we're talking with uh, uh, Senator Mark Montigny. So just so we know who you are but just so people that might not recognize your voice immediately uh just so they know
3: yes and i'm not presumptuous enough to assume they did i just thought that you two would do your job (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and i and i figured with the delay the way it is which i have been you know beeped out a few times in my in my career uh, i figured that maybe i'm missing on the delay, because whenever I tune in and I do frequently, I get caught in between all your commercials and delays and blogs versus radio. I'm just a simple guy who used to turn to 1420 and it came up
2: right on the radio.
3: <laughs> so it's, it's, it's very complicated now trying to tune into you too.
2: So representative Strauss,
3: um, forwarded, you talked a, quite a bit
2: about the letter that you wrote, um, which is separate and apart from the one that, that the rep signed, um, but but credited your a lot of the points you made. Maybe you'd like to
3: refresh the audience. Well, now. again, a couple of things, and I I'm calling in mainly because I'm uh, of course the issue is very important to me, but I also think that it's great to see um, a local media station like BSM pay attention to this because it is complicated. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fit into a soundbite, and it doesn't even really fit into uh, an extended article. So when there's an opportunity for a show, and, and, I, and I think it makes more sense for me to come back and spend a half hour or an hour after you review the work. So I'll put together a packet of the full history because this does date back to, uh, I believe, 2008. So I, I can't speak to the statement about uh, languishing. In fact, if I didn't know where it came from, and I was looking to get into a spat, I would just simply say, well, that's ignorant. Who said that? Um, you can look at some of my comments years ago, up to the present day, where I in fact do feel much more should have been done. I don't think the pier ever should have been in the hands of the Division of Conservation and Recreation. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's almost comical, When you think of, I mean, when people say the DCR, you don't think of it, right? It's just some letters that stand for for bureaucracy. It stands for an agency that should never have had control of such a rich, uh, important commercial asset. It is not a park. It's not a boat ramp. It's not a fun place for sailors to, uh, you know, to enjoy the wind. It's a very, very important present day Uh, complex that's integral to the working waterfront of new bedford and if you look at it prospectively and you have some you know if if you believe in, in the vision that some of us have for this it will be a much more important asset for new bedford and that means not just for its commercial interest and its um um you know, ability to generate income for the state or the quasi-public or the private interests that are in the deal, but much more importantly uh, as a job creation asset. What's frustrating to me is lost in a lot of the noise that I've been hearing um, is just the gap between the potential use of this asset and its present use. So I I do uh, believe that some of the operating interests there now are very important and they should remain there in the future. But I also believe there is a lot of empty space and more can be done. So if you notice, and the reason why I didn't sign the letter, and I don't question the motives, uh, the delegation uh, can sign what they choose and we all can choose to sign things as an entire delegation of a Senate member and five House members, we can choose to do things individually, sometimes we do them collectively, sometimes we're opposed to each other and things. That's life, that's democracy. That's what our constituents expect. The difference between me and some of the other parties that were on the radio tonight and earlier today is that I've spent time and political capital to actually deliver the vision. So the vision in 2008 was very clear. The RFP that was issued this year is in some ways word for word from the original law that I wrote in 2008. So I have no interest in stopping the project or engaging in a back and forth, although I think there are legitimate needs to you know, articulate one's uh, views on things and when one side or the other – said certain things that might uh, provoke the other. There's a need to defend and sometimes offend. I'm not. I'm not questioning the motives of either the mayor or the representative that were appearing on your radio stations today. That's not up to me. I, I, I stay out of the um, um, lives, political lives of those that my constituency elects, and worry only about myself and my relationship with with that constituency. But I, I'll say this on the project. Almost all of the language and almost all of the funding has come through my pen, and I never say that unless I have a paper trail, right, because then it speaks to ego as opposed to fact. Much of it was conferenceable. Now, that doesn't mean anything to the listening audience, but it means a lot to both of you as hosts, and it means a lot to me. What that means is you work hard to get things through one branch or the other, and it's doubly hard first if you have opposition to it in the other branch because then you have to pay the price twice in political capital when mm-hmm. it's going through conference remember i chaired ways and means so there's perhaps no one on beacon hill who's actually chaired more conference committees than i have there's a couple that have chaired as many because they've had the same responsibility including the president chairman mike Roderick's. it's a difficult process and you have to measure the requests of all of the membership, not only your own personal interests or your constituency, it gives you an opportunity to deliver proportionally more resources. And I certainly did that when I had the chance, but you also have to weigh the interests of the members. Once you say yes, and it becomes part of a Senate document in this case, but you could reverse and be describing this from a house perspective. The member then has to go and fight the battle twice if it's in conference, particularly if there are members in the other branch working to kill it or dilute it or diminish it. Right. And that is what happened on this. So I paid dearly. It's my job to spend political capital, but I like to spend it sparingly because I have an infinite list of things I want to do. For New Bedford at the core of my district. But remember, I represent Dartmouth, Fairhaven, Accushionet, Matapoisa and the city. So I have a, a broader interest and i try to really weigh that perspective so every dollar i spend in the port is a dollar i can't spend somewhere else right. of taxpayer money because it it is not a infinite pool of resources on this pier two governors in several instances have signed the language like i mean i was smiling today when i heard when we were talking when 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 city officials were talking about transparency in the last few weeks, we're talking about transparency in the RFP process. I wrote the law, in fact, had to negotiate downwards with Representative Strauss to get less than I wanted, but that 's a fair process that 's how the House and Senate negotiate. It is what it is. It takes two to get to the you know to the final dance. The final law that called for the RFP process was not everything I wanted, but it was strong enough that I felt comfortable and and agreed to the deal since it was my original amendment that was the vehicle for this. But this vision goes back to 2008. When I hear that there was a public process in 2016 and I read the words in the RFP, it comes straight out of not just a vision. We all have visions. It means nothing in the legislature because there are people famous in the legislature for and, and by the way, in city government and and the federal government, that love to talk about vision, and they send out press releases, and they file bills. I only stand with this kind of firm statement and passion when I can say to my constituency, preferably on WBSM, frankly, because this is a comfortable format where I can explain the details, when I pass a law, Not a dream, not a vision, not a press release. Yeah, I'll do all that, too. They need to know what I do, and I certainly have no apology for sending them out. But I make sure I can say this is the law. And the law called for this kind of vision connecting in three parts. It started out with the development of the staff store and the option cultural district. Again, if the paper trail wasn't clear and the record wasn't clear, I wouldn't be so boastful to say Well, people are listening, and then it's in the historic record on your wonderful um, blog. But it was written by me in the Senate, and it was three parts from the beginning. It was, we will build it, and hopefully they will come. Because, frankly, there was a lot of cross fingers at the time, hopeful. The rest is history. We've had one series after another of positive developments in the downtown since the Store was built. And it's, it's much deeper than that, but it's connected through the work we did on route 18, which was the second part of the vision. How do you stop this death trap to get tourists between the pier and the greater waterfront in the downtown, this pier project, which I'm strongly in favor of will at the end of the day, do more than most of the things on the drawing board that we have dreamed about and talked about for decades. However, that said, if you read the letter, and I will send you a copy. No, got it tomorrow. I got a copy. Uh, okay, good because I, I asked Audrey to. You, to you, you, send it. She sent I, it. You have a great staff. She's amazing. Yeah, Audrey
1: uh, UM- fellow. She graduated yeah. me at UMass Law. So
3: yes, yeah. she's an awesome lawyer, but passionate about uh, uh, New Bedford and the surrounding towns. Passionate about the, the state pier. New Bedford passionate about the state here for sure so one can be very concerned as i am with the process but have no interest in stopping the progress so i'm going to play whatever role i can in the middle to ensure that although we absolutely open up the books and find out how this deal was done if it's in the best interest if it maximizes that asset because remember one thing that the representative said clearly and people do forget this is the state pier. period mm-hmm. it happens to be in new bedford and we are very lucky and fortunate because that asset it was underutilized for so long not for the fault i can only speak for me i can tell you the laws that i filed and passed or the bills that i filed that have become law the 25 million dollar bond the the obsessive letter writing and emailing to a succession of governors that allowed it to languish if you want to term it languish then point the finger in the right direction but as the representative also said there's a lot of really important things going on there now and we have to make sure before you start displacing things that work well and create jobs you have to make sure that the plan you have accommodates what should be accommodated and expands on the project, so it's a, a huge marginal increase before you just stop pushing out those that exist.
1: So, Mark, you, you're in your letter, you're not. So, so you're. So, what Strauss said earlier, and you know, you, you you heard of me. He said him and the state delegation want this deal to basically be. Um, next you're not calling for that because you say it's more it's it it coincides with the vision you had when you passed this law back in 2008 but you want what you want is a is a process in which there is more public feedback or there's a an opportunity for public feedback uh, about the selected proposal
3: that's right so and and by the way i may come back to you after that process and say we need to mix this and start over but Mm -hmm. when i see that much of the vision, almost word for word, I mean, if you look at the 2008 law, it actually said things like seafood auction. That's right. how specific I was in wanting to see this opened up while protecting existing resources. Um, you know, it was a headache. I might put it in the top five or 10 fights, and I've had a, more than my share, as you know, on behalf of New Bedford. I would say that someday if I wrote a little history of my time, one of the nastiest, most unfortunate fights of my career, and it was costly, I won't elaborate tonight, was, was getting uh, the return of ferry service. It was not easy. It looks easy in hindsight. It's wonderful. Who wouldn't support it? It was a very difficult process. And I was leading it at Ways and Means. Um, and I, I want to protect that. I think that Maritime Terminal and the work they do is, is very important. Um, Representative Cabral and I have earmarked more money for the Ernestina than all of the rest of the reps and senators combined. So we care about how that Ernestina operates. So all of these points made by those concerned are legitimate, but there's room to move forward and get this project done. Now that may require, if you open up a process and start a public hearing process and look beneath the surface, particularly when the representatives have decided to um, use the FOIA process i didn't sign on to that letter but i'm not questioning either side the city has uh, its its responsibility and elected officials at the city level are accountable and so are we at the state level so i didn't sign the letter not because i didn't think that it was fair game for them to write as they felt i just feel strongly as the person who wrote the original law and most of the succeeding law that We need to find a way to get this done. In the process of public hearing, and as you look under the hood and see how the deal was put together, if things are discovered that are um, not in the best interest of the public, then I would be the first one to join the chorus and say, scrap the deal. But I'm not there yet. And that's why if you look at my letter, it concludes, after laying out the history and the critique, it concludes by saying... You know, you didn't have your crap together last time. Let's get our crap together this time, and let's make sure the public's involved. Because there is no process that has happened in the past, not 2008, not 2010, not 2016, not 2022, that satisfies my desire for transparency in a public process as well as public input on such an important asset. I wrote the law, and I'm saying that the public input dissatisfied me. And, and I'm it was a signed
2: by public. which governor, Mark?
3: It was signed by Deval Patrick um, and um, uh, the last governor, Baker. Right. It's passed three different times, right. Vision language. But there's also a $25 million bond, and there's also an RFP that was signed by Baker. The RFP process came out of the legislative process. It usually doesn't happen that way. I was so frustrated with the lack of progress, I literally wrote an amendment that said mass development shall and then we negotiated with the House, and it became law, and that's what we're we're looking at now.
2: Yes, I, I just think that that history yeah. is important.
3: Yes, yeah. it is
1: important. So, um, what, can you can you can you walk that back? You said mass the development shall. Uh, can Can you just explain that a little bit? It might be a little bit too inside baseball, um, just for the general audience. Yeah,
3: sorry. So, and and what I think, you know, I violated my own early statements. I think that it's better. That all of the historic legislation and filings um, be sent to you tomorrow. You guys look it over, and then I'll come back on uh, maybe early next week. Um, that would be, be better. Cool. But essentially, essentially, what the amendment said was we're going to implement the mixed-use vision from my 2008 law, but Mass Development is going to be the agency that issued the RFP. So, so people it understand a,
2: the word shall. It, it has real weight in letters. Yes, yes leadership. it does. Right.
3: Yes, yeah. But but even when you write something this prescriptive, and it, it, it was more than I like to do. Usually, like I like to 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 cut that deal um, by working with the administration, by working with the governor, by working with agencies like Bass Development, and you all come together with stakeholders. But frankly, and maybe this is a sign that I've been in too long. I'm just sick and tired of inertia running the show up there. And there are times when you have to just say, let's just legislate this. And it's not always fast, even when you do that. And it's sometimes messy because it's difficult when you start, when you have limited space, right, when you write a law, even a long one. I mean, i manage managed the state budget. It's a big, thick, long document. But for the amount of money that you spend and the amount of agencies that are that are dependent on that financing and language, it's really not all that prescriptive, right? You have to depend on the bureaucracy to issue the regulations and implement the law. And it's really frustrating for people like me who have no respect for the slow bureaucracy. Uh, and that's not always a, a strength that I'm,
2: Mark, we have to take an obscene profit
3: break. Yeah, we we have to. We, oh, we, we I have. Thought, I thought I thought you guys were <laughs> We
2: well, It only feels that way.
1: Yeah, we've got to, we've got to hit a few commercials, Mark. So um, what you're
3: really saying is I talk too much, and enough is enough. Well, no, no, we'll, we
2: enjoyed it, but well, no,
1: no, we've enjoyed it, but we've we've got to pay the bills. So you can so, so that you can talk more at a future date.
3: <laughs> that sounds good. And I want to Thanks, come back Mac. after you've been able to read the information because I think it might make it easier. For, the, for you and the listening audience to follow some of this blah blah thank you sounds good thanks technique.
1: mark appreciate it thank you we're gonna take a break hey you know what so chris yes it's been a really interesting conversation and we've we've sort of um, we've had uh, you know we may get one more call in. we, we don't may, know yet. we may get one more call in, but in in facilitating this conversation uh, we have given them quite a bit of time, and, of course, there has to be time allotted to our fantastic sponsors, which you should all go out and support uh, tomorrow. So once not you hear from them?
0: 1420 WBSM new Bedford's news talk station. South spent all day hearing about the news. Now is your chance to react to it.
2: Pick up your phone and call the professionals.
0: Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. No, back to South coast tonight.
1: Hey, welcome back to South coast tonight. Uh, yeah, so there's been, I think quite a bit of drama, uh, on the show this evening. It, Heard from uh, Senator Mark Montigny, Brett Bill Strauss, uh, there's, you know, might have some further conversation on that, the development of the state pier. It is an important piece of property and, um, you know, it's going to be one of the front facing, you know, it is now it's one, it's a, you know, major front facing property, not just in the city, but in the South coast region. And so, um, and so, you know, there's obviously going to be a lot of interest in it and, uh, it seems collectively everybody's got had a problem with how this uh, has been done. Um, you know, Strauss, Strauss has definitely been the most vocal person about it, but you know, they're all the members of the legislature are all signing on to it.
2: So, so, oh, sorry. So, um, yeah, it's so the thing is, too, is you have all local business people involved in this proposal. Mm hmm. Um, they 've got a lot of time in it I would assume there's, there's money involved here mm-hmm. I know there is um, you don't begin a project like this without making some significant plans of your own yeah um, they have you know Cassie Canastra is is leading this thing a wonderful wonderful woman young woman um, I've known her a long time I used to be here on the show before before I got sick I, I know her family obviously um, and you know mr Silverstein who's Put together a lot of restaurants in the city, right? He's responsible for a lot of the investment in the city of New Bedford. Cisco Black Whale. He's going to be opening a Mexican restaurant um, I, uh, at where, where the um, old National Club was, right at the end of Union Street. Um, he's got other restaurants in the city. Of course, we, you know, he, he was originally with Not Your Average Joe's. Um, they're all serious people. And you'd hate to see them waste their time. Um, You have to wonder how they got this far down the road. Um, At the last minute, as Representative Strauss is saying, uh, he's got emails now where they asked to try to get around the state laws because, you know, because you need to have a 99-year lease to draw the capital. That makes sense, you know. You can't have it just keep um, coming up every year. You know, you're not going to get investors or bank loans, investors in that case, if it's not a locked-in deal, Yeah. right? Um, But I don't see that we're ever going to get a 99-year lease. Right. I mean, that's just, I mean, probably impossible. We're going to take this break. We'll
1: be right back. The WBSM app is every In conversation sort of uh, fleshing out this uh, st- you know where the state reps feel uh, how the state reps feel about this the state peer deal and um, I think we definitely owe Mayor Mitchell some time I think I, we absolutely owe <laughs> yeah. Mayor Mitchell some time um, but uh, I think we're, we're we're we might have somebody else coming uh, coming on at
2: the um, at the top of the nine yeah. o'clock hour so so Representative Um. Chris Markey will call in at nine o'clock, um, and I appreciate that because he's actually out of town, um, but he's going to call in to, to add to the conversation. He feels strongly about it, he does. Yeah, he does feel strongly about it. Um, and again, you know, Chris is a is a level headed guy. We, you know, um, and he always makes himself available to us. Um, you can see here where the and again. Um, these are serious people involved here, um, and so it's it's unfortunate that it's taken this this turn. Um, but I guess, what Marcus, it's better to have this conversation now than to have it later, right?
1: Absolutely. Let's um let's let's take this break, uh, the news break, and then we'll be back.